Welcome to KathleenWitten.org. We believe that Kathleen's message will inspire you, encourage you, and give you a fresh perspective on life. Now, here's Kathleen. You know, I rarely write down what I'm going to share, but this was so important to me to get across to people that I actually wrote it down in it's going to be hard for me to read it because I always want to go off and, and ramble. And so I might do that, but I'm going to try to read it. It has changed my life and brought me to a place of gratefulness. And I just wanted to share it with you. And this is a true story. This is just me writing down um, one of my typical nights. I, I woke up with excruciating pain running down my fused spine down both legs, up my neck, into my head, and down my arms. And as I have many nights, I quietly got out of bed and tiptoed downstairs to our family room sofa, and silent tears were running down my face. Years of chronic physical pain wears on a person, just like chronic relational pain, chronic mental pain, or financial pain or loneliness or an addiction or disappointments or perpetual bad news or bad economy, (laughs) feeling um, like you're a failure, you know? And I think that one of the things that that I kind of brought on myself, but maybe maybe others helped a little bit, but no one y'all know, um, is just kind of when you feel like a faith failure, like, wow, I've really prayed for this, and this is not changing. That is not that we're a failing. God can take it. I mean, God does not worry about his reputation, and he knows the end from the beginning, and he has different timing than we have, And but he wants us to keep going and knocking on that door and keep going to him and keep believing in him. And I know things in my life and yours have changed because of that and in miraculous ways. Like, wow, I never thought this mountain would move and it's moved. And then other mountains were like, move. And it just seems like we, God says, no, just climb over it. And I'm like, goodness, you know, do I really have to climb it? I'd really rather just have it moved. But anyway, I, I just... I found myself really feeling sorry for myself. And I don't allow that often. I'm going to say that very specifically because I think that is the most detrimental thing that you can do in your entire life. I think that, I mean, I have a whole teaching series on it um, just about how I believe it brings on a spirit of suicide, a spirit that wants to 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 a spirit of death and self-pity. Um, it's so, it, it, it's internalized. And, and then you don't ex- externalize to give your um, empathy to others. And that, the, the empathy and the love and that, that sympathy even that God gave us is so that we would put it outward towards others and not so that we would look at ourselves and feel sorry for ourselves. So next to the sofa, there was four grocery bags of catalogs and free calendars and small pamphlets that my aunt had received in the mail over the last several months. 
Um, it was a time in my younger life that I like actually enjoyed looking through catalogs <laughs> and my aunt used to save them for me and she lives in Houston and my mom had visited her recently and brought these four bags of, these, you know, catalogs and just all sorts of random things. Now, if my mom rings the doorbell and I see anything larger than like an envelope, I'm like, I really seriously consider not letting her in. Because I'm just at that place in my life where I'm like, don't bring me anything, please. You know, it, and I, lo- I am sentimental. I like sentimental things. But it's those things that you don't know what to do with. And so they go from household to household to household, you know. But anyway, I loved getting these magazines at that time. And um, at that time, it was amazing. The sack closest to me on top of the stack lay a little booklet. And not even knowing what it was, I opened it up to the middle, hoping God would have a miraculous message for me. <laughs> you know you know how we do that? Like, I didn't even know what this booklet was. It could have been, they could have been selling pantyhose for all I knew. But I was just like, God, speak to me. <laughs> and I opened it up, and he did. You know? That night, many years ago, a man's words written in the form of, of, a, of a poem changed my whole life perspective and gave me hope, strength, and inspiration. Hope, strength, and inspiration that I can share with others around the globe. Remembering how much he helped me recently, this is like last week recently, I did a search of my own computer several days ago looking for the poem and its author. He wrote this poem that just really, really changed my life. And so I reread the poem, and once again, my focus was shifted. My spirits were lifted, and it's a true uplift from God. I mean, I'm so excited to be able to read it to you all. But I'm, I was still looking for the author. This, this was just a few days ago. I was using a few lines from the poem, and I searched the web, and I was surprised that it pulled up four or five musicians Several were famous. Several were singing their version of this poem that had so uplifted me. Now a song on YouTube, a song in concerts. The melodies varied with each singer, but not one gave credit to the author of the words. It just said lyrics anonymous. Isn't that amazing? I mean, you just kind of go, wow, but oh, I need to find out who wrote this. Finally, I came across the poem written on a tiny, obscure website. It was attributed to a Mr. George McPhee. So I then searched George McPhee, and it pulled up three George McPhees, okay? One was George McPhee, born July 2nd, 1958, and he may still be the general manager of the National Hockey League's Washington Capitals, as well as the team's alternate governor and vice president. In 1992, with McPhee at the helm of the Washington Capitals, and this is all hockey talk, so, you know, some people are really into this, some people really aren't, but I'm just trying to get through this because I can't pronounce half these words. The team made the playoffs four times, won a division championship, and played in the 1994 Stanley Cup Finals. Prior to his career in management, McPhee was the recipient of the 1982 Hobie Baker Award given to the college hockey's top player, First Team All-Central Collegiate Hockey Association Selection Rookie of the Year 1979. He later won the Adams Cup and had a seven-year career in the NHL with the New Jersey Devils and the New York Rangers. And I thought, you know, what 
an amazing thing to be at the top of your sport. That, that, that's just incredible. I mean, it's just, you know, we all want to, like, kind of come to the point of using the, the gifts and the talents that God's used and created in us, and we kind of think, like, wow, you know, that means that I have got to be somebody, you know? Not anonymous, you know, but somebody. And here's this George McPhee, and, and he's left this life legacy in hockey. He still is. But I didn't find anything about a poem. And so I moved on to the next George McPhee. The next George McPhee was a Canadian politician. He's no longer with us, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to say. He died in 1971. He was a lawyer, a judge, a political figure in the Prince Edward Island. He represented the second Queens in the Legislative Assembly of Prince Edward's Island. In 1911 and 1920, he was named to the King's Council. I mean, he was a famous man, an accomplished man, and well-known. I thought, gosh, you know, that's opposite of anonymous, you know? I mean, just to be well-known, be a politician, be on the King's Council, be a point, you know, you just feel like, wow, he's really accomplished his life accomplishments. And I can sometimes get in that mindset too. I, I know you all can as well. And, but I didn't find any poem. There was no, no reference to a poem. So I went on to the third George McPhee. George McPhee, who is, uh, he's no longer with us either. He died when he was 90 years old. He was a member of the College Football Hall of Fame and Pro Football Hall of Fame. He played college football at Duke University. He's a former running back who played for Chicago Bears in the 1940s. He was named One Play McPhee. He was known for explosive speed. Many called McPhee the most dangerous man with the football in the game. I thought that was interesting. The most dangerous man with the football in the game. You have to remember he was playing in the, like, 1940s. And I just thought, maybe they thought that was great. I mean, I don't know. Known for his versatility in 1941, his 12-touchdown total consisted of six by rushing, three by receiving, one by punt return, one by kickoff return, and one by interception return, all while helping the Chicago Bears to their second straight NFL League championship over the New York Giants. And I thought, besides fame and fortune, this guy lived to be 90. You know, I mean, that's kind of a big deal. I mean, you know, fame, fortune, 90. But I didn't find anything about a poem. So a day later, in an obscure article, and I mean obscure, it was in a local Jamaican paper by a student reporter. I mean, this is how much (laughs) research I'm doing over the computer. I found George McPhee and... um, I should have brought a photo with me so you could see his face. But I want to read you the article about him, and then I'll read you his poem. And this is written by, like, a student, you know, reporter in Jamaica, in some little tiny town. George Moss Sam, that's uh, another name for him. McPhee is a source of inspiration for inmates at St. Monica's Home for the Abandoned in White Marl, St. Catherine. Here he plays his mouth organ. It's kind of like a harmonica, but I guess they call it a mouth organ. For other inmates in the institution, Moss Sam is no pop star, nor is he a sought-after singer. In fact, he can hardly hear the sounds from his mouth organ because he's partially deaf. He can't see the instrument because he's blind. 
However, he executes each note with geometric precision, especially his rendition of nothing but the blood of Jesus. Moss Sam, or George McPhee, as he's registered in Bombay, Manchester, 79 years ago, suffers from leprosy. Like five of the other residents at St. Monica's Home for the Abandoned and Elderly, the chronic disease affects the nerves in his hands and feet and the lining of his nose. And while his face, arms, and legs are severely affected by the disease, his spirit is undaunted. The Lord gave me the gift to speak, and I use this mostly to give thanks, he said. You have to understand, I can't convey to you what he looks like. He has no nose, basically. I mean, he's a leper. He has no nose. He really has no ears. That His fingers are gone. He can't walk. He can barely hear, and he cannot see at all. And he uses his voice, which he still has, to give thanks. Wow. Born July 24th, 1921, fate was not kind to Moss Sam. He contracted leprosy soon after birth. His mother died when he was a baby, and yet Moss Sam has been a constant source of inspiration for the 33 inmates, ages 18 to 96, who live at the home. During this interview, George McPhee, Moss Sam, does not mention his leprosy but manages to force a smile from a face scarred by a lifetime of leprosy and wide-open yellowish eyes due to the loss of his optic nerve and count his blessings. In spite of everything, I give thanks to God. I want to read you the poem that inspired my life and may have even helped me start ministry that I'm doing. And, and it's so simple, but I just want to read it to you. I've never made a fortune, and it's probably too late now. I don't worry about that much. I'm happy anyhow. As I go along life's journey, reaping more than I've sowed, I'm drinking from a saucer because my cup has overflowed. I don't have a lot of riches, and sometimes the going's tough. I have a family that loves me, and that is quite enough. I thank God for his blessings and his mercy he's bestowed. I'm drinking from a saucer because my cup has overflowed. I remember times when things went wrong, my faith got a little thin. Then all at once the dark clouds broke and the sun peeked through again. And Lord, help me not to gripe about the tough rose I've hoed. I'm drinking from a saucer because my cup has overflowed. If God gives me strength and courage when my ways grow steep and tough, I'll not ask for other blessings because I'm already blessed enough. May I never be too busy to help another bear his load. I'll keep drinking from a saucer because my cup has overflowed. George McPhee, Moss Sam, a.k.a. Anonymous. It's going to be amazing, I think, when we get to heaven to see how many mansions are built for people on earth who are anonymous. You know, God's idea of what's important versus our idea of what's important. Our gratefulness can not only change our own lives, but the lives of people around us. His determination to continue to help people and and push past his own pain and his own suffering gave me that seed of determination that sprouted and grew and grows. And that is, it's, 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 um, oh my goodness, what is the word I'm trying to think of? Um, Infectious. It's, 
it's in a good way, you know? It's like this time of year, everybody's like worried about getting the flu or getting the cough or getting the da-da-da-da. You actually can catch the Holy Spirit from someone who's so full of the Holy Spirit and so full of hope and so full of truth and life. And that is what I got from him. There are anonymous people all over that are people that praise God. And you know what? We need to stop in our lives. And when we feel like, gosh, I should be something or I should be at the top of my game or I should be by now this or maybe when my kids grow up, I can do this or da, 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 da. And just go, God, your will be done, you know. If I'm anonymous, that is okay. I mean, I, I, that is just fine. I, I went in and spoke, gosh, probably been about 17 years ago at another city. And there happened to be a pastor in the, in the crowd. And um, a lot of people came up to me after I spoke. And, I mean, this, this talk I gave, I, I still remember what it was about. It was about Joseph. And it was like all my heart and soul was in it. So this um, pastor comes up afterwards and he's like, you know, do you mind, can I have a copy of that, um, the talk you just gave? I said, well, I can just give you my outline because I don't write, you know, everything down. And he said, oh, that'd be great. He said, I'm, I'm going to preach it this Sunday. And I thought, what? Well, wait, what? Well, well. And then I thought, wow, you know what? I'm anonymous. That's really cool because... To God, I'm not anonymous. I mean, it doesn't matter who gets credit. It doesn't matter. We're so busy on this earth trying to make sure that we're appreciated and that we get credit. And it doesn't matter. Anyway, in this ministry that I feel like George McPhee helped to bring about, and from this room, I was going to read you the 40 countries that are projected from this little recording device onto the radio, and then podcasted the ministry, livingjesus.us. These are the countries that have continued to download our podcasts. And Debbie can see who has listened in the last 18 months. 13,000 podcasts have been downloaded. I think Elizabeth has prayed that God would use her house for something big. And, you know, you look around, you're like, wait, is this big? But I want to read you these countries. United States of America, Canada, Austria, Australia, Switzerland, France, Italy, Finland, Estonia, Belarus, China, Netherlands, Romania, Latvia, Malta, Denmark, Russia, Georgia, United Kingdom, the Czech Republic, Germany, Sweden, Ukraine, Singapore, Hong Kong, Taiwan, Thailand, Malaysia, <coughs> Malaysia, Israel, Turkey, Indonesia, Bangladesh, the Philippines, Vietnam, Japan, Nigeria, South Africa, Kenya, Sudan, and Kuwait. And so I just pray that you are uplifted too by Anonymous. (laughs) And I pray that we'll be so focused and so thankful and so grateful and that we can draw our families to do that as well and because it's so easy to see what you don't have you know wouldn't it be easy for george mcphee to see what he didn't have i'm blind i'm deaf i have no fingers i can't you know 
Instead, he's like, wait, I have a mouth, and I'm going to praise God. And he changed my life. And he'll never know it until he gets to heaven. He's anonymous, you know. And it, it also inspires me to want to be anonymous in other people's lives, you know. Anonymous is a good thing. It's a good thing. And as George McPhee might say, may you never be too self-focused to help another bear his load. And you'll keep drinking from a saucer because your cup is over. We hope that you've enjoyed Kathleen's message. To order a copy of this and other messages, please call us in San Antonio, Texas at 210-822-5500 or toll free outside the San Antonio area, 877-397-7773. That's 1-877-397-7773. Visit our website, KathleenWitten.org, K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N-W-H-I-T-T-E-N.org. Thank you 